Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome to It's a Fandom Thing. I'm your host, Erin Marlowe, and each week I'm joined by a panel of guests to discuss all things fandom and pop culture, primarily from a female perspective. You'll find everything from fanfic, to cosplay, to Schitt's Creek, to Supernatural, and everything in between. So put on your favorite piece of fandom merch, set aside that fanfic that you're writing about your OTP, and sit back and enjoy this week's episode. Hello, and welcome to part two of our top 10 of 2022 episode. So in this part, we're going to be counting down numbers five to one. And once again, I am joined by Carla, Aaron, A, Meg, and Sasha. And once again, they get to pick up to three things per number. So you're really getting a bunch here. I'm not going to do the math right now, but you're getting a bunch here. So I hope you enjoy part two and make sure to stay tuned to the end for some fun little bloopers from both part one and part two. Thank you again for listening. Okay, we have entered the top five, everybody. So, <laughs> so, Carla, what are your fives? I am so excited to tell you my top fives, Erin. <laughs> Number 5.1 is Single Drunk Female. This is a, this is a show that I saw the premise. I was like, probably not. Thank you so much for offering. And then I was like, I have nothing else to watch. I might as well check this out. It is so cute. It's really cute. It's really good. I was really surprised at how much I, I ended up liking it. It's about a woman who is a single drunk female. She is, uh, you start out with just seeing the absolute chaos that her life has become. And why her life has gotten to that point, you find more out, you find out more about her and her relationship with her mother and how just like, oh, okay, your relationship with your mother must be kind of, um, maybe one of your triggers because I'm not sure this is a healthy relationship and how she copes with go- going through recovery while living with her mother and being attracted to somebody who is part of her AA group and you know the limitations in the interactions that they can have and then things happen in their lives and it's very good and it's very it's hilarious it is sincerely a hilarious really well-written show and Ali Sheedy plays the mom she's great like you you want to like kind of shove her into like a I don't know something hard maybe like snap her out of her awful momness but she's still great like I I just the acting is 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 fantastic and it's a I don't know like I really enjoyed it and um 
I really want to watch it again. It's one of those that I, I would happily revisit. The second one of this number five is I love that for you, which I did not think I was going to like, because I'm, I'm just, you know, you never sure, you're never sure what, you know, it, it's it, the title is awful. It has nothing to do with the actual show. And you're like, why would they call it after something that Alexis Rose once said? <laughs> you know, like, come up with better titles for things. But, you know, whatever. They went with I Love That For You. But it is Vanessa Bayer and Molly Shannon, both from SNL, different generations. They are they work great together. They have fantastic chemistry. Everybody in the show is really sharp. And Vanessa Bayer's character is... It, it all starts out with like this gigantic lie and how she leans into um, a misunderstanding for her own benefit. The things that happen because of that misunderstanding, the repercussions of that when some things come to light and how uh, she is seen afterwards. The writing is so good. It is so good. The, the performances are wonderful. And I really think that that is one of the shows that has not gotten enough love. And I think it's, I'm telling you, it's because of the title. If they had called it something different, I think people might have taken it more seriously. And I'm not even like, yeah, I'm joking about it, but I, I often feel like some shows and movies just get kind of backburnered because they have awful titles and people don't pay enough attention to them because they discount them just at, at that. And I think, unfortunately, this, this is what happened to this one because I mean, how can you? ignore a show like i said vanessa bayer molly shannon great comedic um people in a well-written show but i i I don't know if you get a chance to check it out definitely do absolutely worth a while and i'm going to second she hulk it was just such great fun it's just you know marvel candy it has all of the the it has a lot of the Marvel trappings, but done, I think, a lot better because it doesn't have a lot of the Marvel baggage. Because this is a character who is just being introduced with a wonderful actor in Tatiana Maslany, you get pure comedy and awesome timing by everybody in the cast. Horrible CGI, but pretend that's not what's happening. The CGI is terrible. Like, why? Why? Why not spend the money? Why write it so that you have to have so much CGI? Maybe, you know, like, budgeted differently. But whatever. I'm not Kevin. And that reference will make sense when you watch through to the finale. It's a really great part of the Marvel uh, TV universe. And I really hope that they do better by the show, budget-wise, for the next season. Um, it has some really great little performances. Like, for example, um, oh my gosh, what's her name? Jamila Jamil. Oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. She has a, a bit part in it and she's hilarious in it. And there are, there's a lot of heart, a lot of character nuance and, um, like I said, Tatiana's lying. I mean, when you when you have somebody of that caliber playing a character like this, you really can't go wrong, and you really get uh, a a performance that I think should get more more views. I I really don't think enough people have watched the show for my liking, 
And I think she she deserves all the kudos. It's so good. It's it's it's, it's like it was the right comedy that we needed at the right time. Oh, and 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 then Daredevil is there, and it's it's really good times. Yeah, I I still haven't watched it. So Aaron, and I'm watching your dog in the background. Sorry. I know he's <laughs> he's over here snorting like a pig. So if you start to hear pig sounds, I'm real sorry. He really, really, really wanted it in here because I came home from work and then came straight into here and he's mad. But Don't he's also apologize for that good boy. Like <laughs> making pig sounds, like snorting everywhere. So I'm sorry in advance. My number fives, I'm going to get all the marbles out of the way right now with Carla. Yes to She-Hulk. Everything that you said, Carla, it, it was just so fun and yes and she got to she hulk smash matt murdoch and that was actually very exciting because i really enjoyed the daredevil series and it's just so nice to see him back so that just kind of made my heart happy too um miss marvel i think was also kind of amazing i think it didn't get a lot of attention because it was kind of billed as like a little kids show and not part of like the adult nerd uh, marvel universe but i thought it was really great it was just so sweet and cute um i enjoyed it a lot uh, and then also moon knight which i think was also really great and kind of tended to get overlooked I think by a lot of people because it's not a major character that people have heard of, but I I thought it was a really great series as well. And Disney just keeps getting me every time when I'm like, I've watched everything. I can cancel it now. And then, Nope, I can't kudos to Disney. Just getting my seven ninety nine 99 every month. <laughs> and meanwhile, over here, I watched like four things. Bundle with Hulu. Every time I'm like, nope, I've seen all the things now. And then there's one more thing. <laughs> I'm never going to be getting rid of Disney Plus. It's just not going to happen. No. It doesn't matter. No. It doesn't matter if I ever watch anything on Disney Plus. It's never <laughs> happening. It's so worth it. <laughs> okay. So for mine, I only have two per category at this point, but because I'm extra, no, because I'm extra, I'm going to add something that I want to see from this year that I have not yet watched. <laughs> just as okay. a little, just as only a bonus. you would, just a bonus because I'm so well prepared. Okay. So for my number fives, I'm going to say The Lost City with Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum. I don't care. It's so funny. It's so cute. It's, it's like this. Mm, I love it. He's such a good himbo. I love, like, I just, mwah, perfect. I, I love it. Brad Pitt's whole character arc from beginning to end was wonderful and hilarious. It doesn't take itself too seriously. I love that she's this, like, heartbroken, a completely disillusioned romance author who cannot finish her, her book series. And he's the cover model and they hate, like, oh, mwah. I love it. I will watch it over and over again. I don't care. It doesn't have to be a great movie. I'm so thirsty for rom-coms. I will. But it's actually, it's very funny. I love Sandra Bullock. Their chemistry is great. I love it all. 100%. Would recommend. Um, my other one is going to be a book called The Charm Offensive 
by Allison Cochran. And it's about a guy who believes in happily ever after and believes in fairy tales and works on like a bachelor-esque reality show to make true love and fairy tales come true. And he winds up falling in love with the prince and the print and it does a really good job kind of talking about ADHD and anxiety. And it's a great gay love story. And it's just, it's a very cute. If you haven't read it, read it. It's, it's sweet. I, I love it. It's adorable. And something I want to see that came out this year is a movie called the sky is everywhere. And I really mostly want to watch it because I really, really liked the book and I can't wait to be disappointed in the movie. (laughs) Not getting the nuance and complication (laughs) of grief. And it's a, it's based on a YA book that I actually very, very much love. Um, that did a great job. It's about a, a girl whose sister passes away and she's trying, her older sister dies and she's trying to navigate her grief. And at the same time, she has feelings for these two boys. One is her sister's boyfriend, and the other one is a new kid in town who never knew her before her sister died. And kind of her trying to figure out who she is if she's not her sister's little sister anymore. And what that means and where there's comfort in her sister's boyfriend in that someone is hurting as much as she. And there's also that draw of someone who doesn't know her from before. And it's on Apple TV, and I feel like I'm the only person on the planet who does not have Apple TV yet. <laughs> so let's add this to Ted Lasso and all the other reasons everyone tells me I have to get Apple TV. But there we go. Oh I think I had more to say about this movie that I have not seen than half of the things on my top ten. <laughs> That's funny. But the book is really good. So if you're looking for a really good YA book, The Sky is Everywhere is a great one. I just didn't read awesome. it this year. <laughs> <laughs> and Sasha? Uh, yeah, I don't have Apple TV either, so I'm right there with you. Also, uh, <laughs> my number five was a split between The Lost City because it was just so cheesy fun oh, uh, and Slumberland, which, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's Netflix. It's my Jason Momoa, but he is not why. He's perfect for that character, but it is visually stunning. Uh, and the story is actually really cute. So Slumberland on Netflix for that one. Uh, the Lost City was also hysterical for all the reasons it makes said. And then my TV show was the, um, the final season for Lock and Key because, well, I love Lock and Key. There's already an episode that Aaron can promote for that. So that was my TV. So those were my my number fives. Yes, I I really loved Lock and Key. And go listen to our episode. I think that was a really good conversation. I really, really enjoyed that one. And enjoyed watching that for podcast prep. So, yes, I fell in love with that show. So, my number fives, uh, The Boys, season three. I'm not going to go too in-depth into that. Go listen to our episode talking about it. I go more in-depth than that. I think it is... Uh, very freaky, the ending of season three with Homelander and Homelander's son, especially Homelander's son. Creepy, creepy, creepy kid. So I'm excited to see the next season. And that show deserves some Emmy love as well, I want to say. <laughs> Come on, give 
give uh, genre shows more love, please. Thank you. Uh, and then next is another horror movie that this is a horror movie that a lot of people said this was the scariest horror movie of the year. This movie did not scare me at all. However, I think it is fantastic. And that is the movie Smile. And the reason I think this movie is so good is I think it is a great examination of generational trauma. And so that's why I enjoyed it a lot. I thought the performances were really good. I do think the smile is creepy. The smile itself is it's pretty darn creepy, uh, but it didn't scare me. I know it scared a lot of people, but I just thought it was really well done. And I thought the performance, especially by, by the main character, the main woman was, was really good. And then I'm going to go with a score and that's the score from bones and all the score is done um, by the amazing Trent Reznor and um, Attic and um, Atticus Ross. And I absolutely love this score. I think they do amazing scores because they know how to do a score where it doesn't feel intrusive and it fits the film and it fits whatever scenes are in there. And it's just a beautiful haunting score that fits perfectly with the movie. Okay, so let's move on to number four. So you don't have four, but what are the threes that you have in four? Carla. <laughs> oh, what? oh my god. So much numbers. Give her a dozen. <laughs> yes, I'll just give you the rest, okay? All right. Numero cuatro. I'm going to echo the boys. I loved this season. I really think and okay, I'm trying not to be like much of a fangirl because you know, like Jordan's and Uncles is just okay. <laughs> He's just a dude out there doing Jordan's and Uncle's things, whatever. Who cares about him? Um, but he really brought a lot to the show because he is okay looking and <laughs> does TV things that are good. But also everybody else was okay, I guess. Um, just, I, I really, I really liked so much about the show it was this show you, you can't say oh gosh it's so gory this season this season was not any more gory than any other of the, of the other seasons it was just as gory as one or the other but it had i think i i feel like it dug a lot deeper into a lot of the other characters than the previous seasons did because the previous seasons have really focused on just homelander oh my god oh my god his face Face dude. Butcher. Butcher. Jesus Christ. Yes. <laughs> Homelander, Butcher, and his Huey. Face. His face. What's Carl his face? Urban. That face. <laughs> his face is everywhere, okay? Like, honestly. I love that, I love that face. I, 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 I love the relationship between Frenchie and Kimiko. Their, their friendship, I really think took center stage in a lot of episodes i love that it is a friendship that they tested out the waters romantically and as much yeah as much as as i think that they would be cute together i enjoy the fact that they are just letting them be friends because that's a rare thing in a um in entertainment to just have a guy and a girl just be buds and let it be you know there's just Enough with the, oh, you know, like, let's get them together just because they have interlocking body parts. Like, that that's not enough to make a relationship compelling. It's, there has to be so much more. And really, Kimiko became probably my favorite character out of the boys. I really enjoyed her. And Maeve's 
storyline in this season I really, really liked. I there were a lot of ups and downs with with my feelings about her, but I, I oh so good. The second one, echoing what a couple of people have said about Ms. Marvel. I love the show. I think that the main reason why it hasn't gained more traction and why it has had so many detractors is simply Islamophobia. People, they're like, oh, you know, mm-hmm. she's Muslim. We we can't have that in our, what they want, you know, straight Christian lives. And she doesn't fit in that mold. And I say good for her. I She's just being who she is, both the actor and the character. I love the story in this show. I love the way that they play her relationship with her family her family is so her family is so wonderful so wonderful and so supportive and they're so loving they're such a loving group her friends are so much fun and i had no idea about the about the partition of india where just it was suddenly decided by the british raj i'm sorry by by England that they were going to divide part of India, make it Pakistan, and then ship of ship off. I think it was just like ship off the the Muslim people to Pakistan. I have to I have to like read more about it because I I, I read about it and then I forgot a lot because it's been a while. But they yeah they, they they split up India into India and Pakistan, split up families, and you really see a lot of that. In that episode where you're seeing people trying to get on the trains and trying to, you know, they're, they're, um, they're losing family members because it's so crowded. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. And it's something that, again, you don't learn about in just school. You know, they don't sit there and tell you, Oh, yeah, the, the British decided that they were going to split up yet another group of, of people because that's what they decided they wanted. But it really plays a big role in her family's history and seeing her, her grandmother, uh, her, her ancestors falling in love and having super powered love matches and then her own uh, journey through the super poweredness as a teenager who just wants to be a cool teen. And they pack so much in one season and it's wonderful. I, I, it makes me angry that the, you know, fanboys TM have punched it down so far that not enough people have seen it. Oh, yes. I have one more. Abbott Elementary, still a great show. You know, it, it's the writing is so good in this show. All the performances. I mean, I could go on at length about each of the performances they're all fantastic but i for me it's all about cheryl cheryl lee ralph as barbara howard she really is me five years in the future (laughs) she is really me now i you know to say that part out loud she's you know she's hilariously old-fashioned but her approach is her approach is there for for a reason and she makes the best of what she has she gives her all to her students and still somehow makes time for janine 
she has so much more patience. She has patience, but she also knows how to tell you, okay, this is not a good time or I'm done with you right now. And the fact that she keeps thinking that all of these actors have the wrong name kills me. Just so good. I love that part. I love that, that, that it was actually a thing that Cheryl Lee Ralph did that Quinta Brunson wrote into the show. And that when she saw that, Charlotte really, really raffled, went, oh, Quinta. <laughs> so imagine that happening. Oh, but it's, it's so good. I love the show. I hope it continues being awesome. Yeah. And, uh, we will be covering Abbott Elementary coming up in April. Um, or no, sorry, May as part of our comedy month. So look for that. And Aaron A. Oh my gosh. I have some culture on my number four and I have a musical um six the musical which i'm gonna say i saw it in 2021 but it was after we recorded this episode i think it's i think gained a lot of popularity this year it is so good i think it's like gonna start going on tour go see it it's it's amazing it's the music is good the soundtrack is good it's just, it's great. The Six Wives of Henry VIII, who doesn't love that? And like, sassy modern song. My kids so. are obsessed with that music. Oh, it's so, so good. I love it. And then we'll go back to my lowbrow, very predictable things. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Can we like talk about Star Wars for a little How bit? How dare you call Obi-Wan Kenobi lowbrow? <laughs> I mean, it's very, like, you had to know I was going to say it, right? (laughs) I'm kind of predictable. It's so good. I am in love with Ewan McGregor. The little girl that plays Leia, she's, oh my god, um, Vivian Lara Blair. She's so cute and so adorable, and I think she's, like, nine years old. Yeah, it's, it's great. I love it. I love it so much. And then the same, on that same vein... Andor, again, oh my god, I love it. I love all these amazing Star Wars shows so much. Shout out to all the Star Wars shows, but specifically these two. And I cannot get enough of Diego Luna's face. He's... I, oh my I god, right? Right? <laughs> I mean, just put his face on for an hour. It's fine. I'll stare at it. Whatever. <laughs> it's so good and he's such a good actor and just like the heart in that show that everybody has i think it's great i love it so much that's all talk about star wars (laughs) (laughs) awesome so meg all right i miscounted i have three for one topic for one so now here's three for my number four let's keep throwing numbers out there i should done board games and just really mess with everything Okay. Um, for number four, I have the docuseries Keep Sweet, Pray and Obey, which is about Warren Jeffers. Jeffers? Jeffrey? Either way. Jeffs. Jeffs. Warren Jeffs. Jesus Christ. Either way. It's horrifying. It's heartbreaking. I mean, it's, it's something that we all knew was going on, but just didn't seem to care all that much about for the longest time but yeah so it's more depth and if you don't know who he is he was the leader of the mormon church 
child brides, all this horrifying stuff that's great and always super fun to read and watch about. Um, but it was a really good docu docu series, so I liked that a lot. My other number four is Ticket to Paradise because George Clooney and Julia Roberts have great chemistry and it's such a fun, cute movie. And I love a rom-com with older leads, too. I love to see the enemies to lovers or lovers to enemies to lovers. Give me <laughs> give me all those tropes set in a beautiful, beautiful setting. They're both idiots. What's not to love? Their chemistry is fantastic. They could do pretty much anything, and I would love to watch it because they're great. And my other number four is a book that I actually just finished today. And it's another Enemies to Lovers. And it's called A, Pro a Proposal They Can't Refuse by Natalie Kanya. And it's about a woman who's trying to keep her family's Puerto Rican restaurant alive in Chicago while also kind of resenting them for making her do that while also not taking her seriously. And her grandpa and his best friend who owns the distillery in the same building decide that they're going to blackmail her and her, his best friend's grandson blackmail them to get married because one of them is dying of cancer. And the other one is just like, I need you to have, get married and move on with your life. And if you guys don't get married, we're going to sell the building that we both own that both of your businesses are in. And it's conniving old men, but it's just, it's, it's shenanigans and some tragic backstories. And they were best friends when they were little kids. And then for some reason they felt they had a falling out and then they were stuck together and it's great. It's fun. I like it. And I can give awesome. one more quick. I want to watch Rings of Power. <laughs> That's mostly because my husband and I made this terrible mistake of saying we are going to watch it together, which means we're just never going to watch it. I've seen two episodes. That's the worst. Sasha? My TV number four is going to be season four of Stranger Things, which is setting up the final season. I am here for Stranger Things. I'm here for all of the Stranger Things. I'm here for the entire cast of Stranger Things. I love it all. Uh, so. I'm looking forward to seeing where that goes. And then for movie, uh, today I watched Glass Onion, which is a Knives Out movie. And as far as I'm concerned, those can be my Fast and the Furious for mystery. I will watch every single one of them all the time. I hate Daniel Craig and I love these movies and I like him in it. It's a problem. I don't know what to say about it. I cannot stand that man. I don't know why he just, there's something about him that bothers me. But it's the accent that's doing it for you. It's in this a role. problem. It's a problem. I don't know. I don't know that he it's the accent. He has just, a, I don't know. When he's got that sweet, sweet Southern accent and you're like, mm, yeah, this is what I want. Yeah, yeah, no, no. Give me a Southern gentleman. <laughs> he's still, I just, I, I am here for all of the knives out phenomena. I like that Love it. murder mystery where then they go back and tell the story over again and show you exactly how everything played out and then you go well damn now i need to go back and rewatch and see if i see all of these things and it's just fun and it's an all-star cast i mean everybody and their cousin is in the movie it's it was fun so 
Those are my numbers four. Awesome. And Stranger Things season four is also on my number four. That's my first one, number four. Um, what I loved about season four is it was it was scary, actually. I found it very creepy. It's a lot darker than the other ones. It definitely, it definitely is taking cues from Nightmare on Elm Street series. And Robert England has a cameo in it. So, yes. And the scene that everybody talked about that really is fantastic is the running up that hill scene with the Kate Bush song. It is an amazing, amazing, amazing scene, amazing performance. Watching these actors, these child actors throughout all these seasons has been so fascinating and watching them grow and mature and watching certain characters that you liked in the beginning and then you end up hating. Like, I hate the character of Mike. I think he is annoying as heck. And, you know, all of these these characters, like I loved Nancy and Jonathan together and now I cannot stand Jonathan. And, of course, the big famous one is Steve Harrington, who I hated in the first season and now is my absolute favorite character. So, yes, I, I loved this season. I thought it was really, really good. Um, and I can't wait to see how this show wraps up. I know people are sad it's ending, but I actually think it's good that they end it soon. Just because you do this too long, it'll just get tired and old. So all of this is horror. And then next, um, I, a shout out to... A uh, friend of the pod and one of our favorite human beings, Josh Rubin, and the movie A Wounded Fawn on Shudder. Uh, Carla and I did a live stream discussion, spoiler filled. I interviewed um, one of the stars, Sarah Lind. So go listen to that interview. She's fantastic, real sweet person. And uh, this is about a serial killer. It's a little bit different out there. I don't want to give too much away. Josh Rubin plays the serial killer. He is so, so good in this. And like Carla and I discussed on the live stream, one thing we really, really appreciate about Josh is Josh is not afraid to call out white male privilege, especially cisgendered white male privilege and white men in general. And, you know, he did it in Scare Me. Um, he's talked about it very openly. So that's one thing we really appreciate about him is he doesn't have such a wound, such a fragile ego, ego that he feels like he can't do roles like that. So go check that one out, um, on Shudder. And then lastly, I'm going to shout out, uh, one that Aaron A mentioned earlier, and that's Fresh. I have talked about this movie a lot, so I won't talk too much more about it, but, I think Sebastian Stan is absolutely fantastic in this. And it's funny because I've never been like a huge Stan of Sebastian Stan uh, because I never really watched his character in the, I don't even remember what his character is. Bucky, is that who it is in the Marvel universe? Bucky. Yeah, I know. Sorry, everybody out there. I'm not really like it. But I think he's so good in this movie. And I actually think he's a great, great actor. I thought he was great in Pam and Tommy. And then I thought he was fantastic in I, Tanya. And in this, when he's doing this dancing scene with, I mean, this movie's been out for quite a while. So for my panelists, if they haven't seen it, don't want to be spoiled. When he's dancing and he's, then he's got like the leg. <laughs> he's getting ready to jump with the leg. Oh my gosh, that scene is one of my favorite scenes this year. I, I love that. It's creepy. And it's done to the song Obsession. And it's just, it's, it's. Brilliant. And then the, and then shout out to Susie who ate spaghetti and meatballs while watching this movie. And if you've seen this movie, you know why that is the most bizarre thing in the world. 
<laughs> but we love you, Susie. I changed uh, my mind. Make Cam not watch this. <laughs> Yeah, I, it's been, I think it's been well established. That I'm yeah, a giant weenie. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Okay, so we are on number three. Oh my gosh, Carla. Before I move on to my top three, I just want to revisit the thing about the partition. It did uh, split up mostly India and Pakistan to where Pakistan was primarily Muslim and India was not. So, and uh, it was notable because the mortality rate of people trying to travel to Pakistan when they were being basically forced out was upwards of a million possibly. So I uh, just wanted to fill that in. All right. Now back to the good times. My number threes, the number one of number threes is Good luck to you, Leo Grande or Grand or whatever. This movie, okay, it stars Emma Thompson as an older woman who is, you know, she's starting over in life and she is looking for a good time. So she finds herself a sex worker and she says to him, like, don't even bother trying to give me an orgasm it's never happened it's never gonna i just want to have a good time and th- they basically end up confiding some things in each other and learning about themselves through their contact with each other and she becomes more open-minded in a lot of ways because when you, when you watch this movie you're like my god this, this is such a close-minded woman because she is this is how she is in the beginning and as she slowly starts to loosen up because she is She's learning that that what she's doing isn't something tawdry or awful. She's just seeking solace and she's seeking sexual gratification through contact with somebody that she's hiring to help her with this. And there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and she's figuring that out, that there's nothing deviant about her behavior. There's nothing deviant about a sex worker being a sex worker. And Leo himself also... I think has a, a lot of growth as a character in this movie, but it's mo- it's mainly about her character. Most of it takes place in a hotel room with just the, with just the two of them. Um, there are sprinklings of a couple of other characters here and there, but they're not really the focus of the film. And I, it, it's an excellent, excellent character study. I loved it. I was blown away when I watched it. I watched it on a whim and I'm so glad that I did and that I was recommending it to everybody because it really is a a great depiction of an older woman not being portrayed as sexually dead or like your life doesn't stop being interesting just because you're older. What's the name of that again? I'm sorry. It's called Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. It's on Hulu. Yeah. 
the next one that I'm going to mention is the movie The Valet, which my sister informed me is actually a remake of a French film. But what I love about The Valet is that you would expect there's a there's a, a, the trope of uh, these two are in a fake relationship, so naturally they're, they're going to end up together. And he's significantly older than his co-lead. And they address that in the movie. They they address that. They address a lot of other things. It has a, a lot of really, you know, just tried and true tropes, but also the upending of a lot of other tropes. And two of the things that I love most about this movie are Eugenio Derbez and Carmen Salinas, who are two of my favorite Mexican actors. I've watched them in a thousand, you know, TV specials. Eugenio Derbez was a, a big time comedian when I was growing up in Mexico, and he had a couple of shows, one of which was actually canceled because it was too um, too edgy for Mexican TV. It just, it cracks me up that, because if you read the, the story of, of the of the, the show itself, it, it's it, it's funny how prudish we as Mexicans can be. But he's fantastic in this. He's so funny. And he just has this genuine charm. And Carmen Salinas plays his mother. And their 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 relationship just feels so natural. It feels like so uh so warm and loving. You have the uh, and and she ends up falling in love with uh, a neighbor who is Korean, and they have a huge language gap because neither of them speaks English. They don't speak each other's languages, so they speak through their children who speak English, and it, it's it's so much fun. It, um, if you get a chance to watch the ballet, definitely check it out. And the last one that I'll mention is A League of Their Own, the TV show. It was written by Abby Jacobson and a dude whose name I can't remember. But, I mean, (laughs) he's important too, okay? His name starts with an M. But her performance on the show is so great. And Meg mentioned the actress who plays Max. Max is such an important character on the show. And the Penny Marshall movie from which this is loosely adapted gets you know they pay homage to it throughout the the show but it really expands on some things it it expands on how the movie touched slightly on the possibility of of same-sex relationships among the baseball team and it touches on um you know that there were also black women who wanted to play baseball and the show really expands on it in a beautiful way that doesn't feel forced because I feel like a lot of the time, particularly in TV shows, they kind of want to sound like Twitter and it sounds and feels very like, you know, a, a Twitter thread that they're trying to, to write into a script. And this just feels very natural. The flow of the character development, the, the, the plot of the show just works great. It's, all of the performances are great. Darcy Carden, who played Janet on The Good Place, is an absolute revelation in this show. And you should all watch it. It's on Amazon Prime. Check it out. Okay. Well, failed number failure number one of my guesses for 
rankings for some things for Carla. (laughs) So we'll see if they show up in the next two. So Aaron. Okay. My number three, I almost forgot what number one. Number threes, you've already mentioned bones and all, so we can just throw that in there. I just watched it last night, but I really, really, really like it. There's horror elements of being like grossness, but it's really not about that. And I think that's what makes it really wonderful that it's just a story and the whole like, I think everyone knows it's about cannibals, so I'm not going to spoil anything there, but that's like a secondary to the plot sort of thing. (laughs) Okay, apparently Meg didn't know that. I feel like that was implied in like a lot of the previews, right? And I the have title. Not seen a single preview. I <laughs> have never title, heard of perhaps. this movie. Great, Aaron. Now Meg's not going to watch it. Now I'm not going to watch it. I was going to. 100% not Meg approved. God, I'm such a main character. <laughs> oh, but no, I think it was really, really good. Um, I, I honestly couldn't have pointed out Timothy Chalamet before this film, which probably makes me a weirdo. But I thought it was great. I love it. Very good. Uh, wow, this is like the creepy, the creepy number for me. Let the right one in on Showtime. Um, it's, I guess, a remake of the film. And it's a series. It's really good. And it is kind of like creepy and spooky. And has basically the same plot line. Little girl. She's a vampire kind of expands on her dad's trying to like save her and stuff, but it's really good. And it's kind of drama filled, but I love it. I've been enjoying that. And then my last one for this one is only murders in the building, which like I resisted watching for a really long time because like, I'm not a huge Selena Gomez fan. I'm not a huge Steve Martin fan. Like I could really like any Martin short, not a huge fan. Like, overwhelmingly but the three of them together is just kind of magical and it's it's really sweet and it's got like this like old timey murder mystery thing going on and i think it's really cute and it's really good and i just want to say i am so happy that there's somebody else on the panel that has bones and all in their top that was so good so damn much yeah it was so good Yay. Here I was thinking it was a sequel to with David Boreanaz and Emily Deschanel. <laughs> yeah, oh. yeah, let's go with that. <laughs> In which they have a child and they name it all. It's, it's based on a, it's an adaptation of a YA novel. Right. You can read the book and see how it goes. Oh, Lord. I guess it's kind of different from that, but yeah. Okay, so Meg. Okay, so my number threes are, I'm going to touch on A League of Their Own. Again, I think that move, that show was fantastic. My kid is gay, and just seeing how excited they were to watch this, this show and to kind of see themselves in there. It's something that I don't think I ever thought too much about when I was growing up, you know, being a white middle-class suburban kid and young woman, but to see how much it meant to them that they could see themselves. And it's just a damn good show. It's the characters are great. The storyline's great. 
Um, I love that it wasn't trying to recreate the movie necessarily. It wasn't like these same characters, but we're reimagining them. It was just expanding the the world kind of in a way. Um, but Carla said a lot of wonderful things about it. And so that's all I'm going to do about that one because I think she put it really, really well. My other number three is a docu-series called Our Father, which is kind of heartbreaking. It was about a Indiana fertility doctor who impregnated, I think the last count in the documentary was 94 children. And it's told by one of his children and how she did a 23andMe and got like a ton of hits for siblings that she had no idea about. And it's a very small town that they all lived in in Indiana. And just the more you go into this story, the harder and harder it is to watch it, the more and more heartbreaking it is because he does not care. And I think he's still alive. He has no remorse. He doesn't care. He had uh, genetic immunodeficiencies that he passed on to these these children. Then you think about the issues of consent. And it's just, it's horrifying <laughs> when you like really start to sit down and think of the ramifications and the implications and because it's a small town, how many of these people were dating each other. And I think they talked about how some of them were dating their siblings, not realizing that they were their siblings. And it's just, it was, it was heart wrenching and it was really, really good. And I absolutely recommend it. I'm pretty sure it's on Netflix. And then something I want to see this <laughs> from this year. <laughs> I'm going to make, when I go down to Florida to see Carla, I'm going to make her watch it with me. We're going to watch Downton Abbey, a new era. <laughs> That's a hard pass, Meg. Hard pass. Thank you for, I think Carla's for your offer. Door now. <laughs> Suddenly I can't make it. <clears throat> no brandy for you. Uh, so Sasha. My top three are uh, Top Gun Maverick for the simple nostalgia and seeing Val Kilmer. Like, I, I got nothing. I Nostalgia and Val Kilmer is all I got. Uh, and then <laughs> on the nostalgia train for TV, I am watching Willow, which I don't know if anybody else is watching Willow or going to watch Willow. I am struggling with the uh, current rock themes that are being overlaid with the show. It's a little bizarre. However, if you do watch it, I want her damn sweater. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> if you see it, you will know what I mean. I want her sweater. <laughs> well, for my threes, the first one is one that Aaron A. mentioned in our previous episode or earlier on was Under the Banner of Heaven, which is absolutely a fantastic true crime drama and Andrew Garfield is so, so good in this. And it was really, and so is um, Daisy Edgar Jones, who is also in Fresh. Uh, she's fantastic as well, who is playing, and this is not a spoiler because it's right in the beginning. She's playing um, the murder victim that Andrew Garfield is investigating her murder and the murder of her child. Uh, vicious murder. 
And so you see her in flashbacks and she's really good. And I just thought it was really an interesting examination also of faith and Andrew Garfield's character struggling with his own faith. And um, that was just a really interesting thing to watch, watch someone question that. And, you know, especially in that, in the Mormon religion and stuff. So, yeah, really good. And that's on Hulu once again. The funniest movie I saw this year was The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, where Nicolas Cage plays himself. And also Pedro Pascal is absolutely fantastic and plays like Nicolas Cage's number one fan, but it's not creepy. And they become friends and Pedro Pascal and Nicolas Cage need to just make every movie in the world together from now on. I think it should just be in their contracts because they're incredible together. They have great chemistry. The physical comedy, the comedy, and the fact that Nicolas Cage took a role that is a comment on himself, but it's not making fun of him. But it's but the fact that he is okay with laughing at himself still at the same time, I think is a great um a great uh you know tribute to him and a great comment on what a great person he is and a great actor and stuff. So yes. And also without this film, <laughs> we would not have six degrees of Finn Whitrock because the person who one of the writers of this co-writer is Finn Whitrock's cousin. And when Finn Whitrock said that on Instagram, Susie said, let's do six degrees of Finn Whitrock. So that's how that birth that came about. So there you go. And then the other horror movie I'm going to mention is The Black Phone, which is absolutely fan-flippantastic. And it is, you know, trigger warning. It is It does deal a lot with child abuse. A lot. I know someone that I follow started watching it and had to stop because the child abuse that um, – these young kids endure, she said, was so realistic that she had to stop watching it for a little bit and go back to it. So trigger warning on that. But Ethan Hawke is really creepy, too, and really good. And he does kidnap children. So big trigger warning on that, too. Uh, but I just thought the performances, the kids are so good in this. So good. And it was an interesting take on a ghost tale because the ghosts are trying to help the children escape this horrible man so i i think it's fantastic it's done by the same people who did the amazing movie sinister so uh, you know if you liked sinister i think you will like this one as well so now we are at number two we're getting there yeah, number two <laughs> Carla. we're in the poop of it <laughs> <laughs> It's going to be Nope, which, okay, it's ranked really high for me. I just watched it today, but I know that I'm going to watch it 15 more times because that's just what you do after watching a Jordan Peele movie. You have to go back and watch it 15 more times to get all the things that you missed the first time around. And it's a movie that is pretty divisive because I think when you go into watch a movie by, you know, by anybody, um, a writer, a director, you might go in with an expectation or a preconceived notion about what the movie might be about. And this one is pretty different from us and from Get Out. But I 
I do think that what it still has that, that's a, a recurring theme in, in his movies is the treatment of black people in society. And in this case, it's in, um, in movies and in, um, folklore and particularly the erasure of black cowboy culture. And it's also very much about our obsession with the train wreck, you know, like, why are we so fascinated by something that we know can be harmful, you know, to particularly to other people? It's a fascinating movie done so well. The scale is so much bigger than his two previous movies. And I think that that may be what throws some people off. I completely get it. I completely get why some people may be frustrated with it and maybe you know aren't into it but i really loved it and it also has there's a particular part in this specific genre with that the movie covers that is one of my favorite things on the planet so i can't say much more without spoiling the huge part of the movie but oh it's it's so good like if you if you do see it if you haven't seen it just know that it's very Jordan Peele, but it's also a departure from his previous work. Fantastic. And I can't say enough about Kiki Palmer and Daniel Kaluuya's performances. They are the perfect um, balance between somebody who's very staid and quiet and kind of reluctant to interact with other people and somebody who's very, very gregarious and very self-assured. And how can these two be siblings, but they need each other and and that balance in order for the way that things play out in the movie to play out. It's fantastically done. The second thing I want to mention is Dexter New Blood. The, the last two episodes of the series aired in 2022. Therefore, it counts. The, the, the finale, it counts. The the finale I thought was great. I know j- just like with Halloween ends, people were like setting up petitions and like, oh, oh, it's so awful. How could you do this? Okay, get a grip. Okay, first of all, it's a TV show. Second of all, you're you're rooting for the wrong person here. Like, mm, maybe get some perspective. You know, like even Michael C. Hall, much like Penn Badgley had said about. Joe and you, they're not playing the good guy. They're not playing the person you should be rooting for. And yet people are like, oh my God, I have a crush on you. Um, seek help. Seek help. Find a qualified professional to get you through your crush on a on a murderer. And the the third thing that, that I'll mention is everything everywhere all at once, which yes, it is a very dense movie. There's so much that goes on in it. A lot of it is um subtitled. And it is, you you can't really miss a beat of it or else you might be wondering like what the hell just happened. And you might be wondering that for much of the movie, but I think it's, I think it's a beautiful exploration of, you know, much like with Emma Thompson's character in, in uh, Good Luck to You, Leo Grande. This is an older woman who is, re-examining her life due to unusual circumstances and kind of 
the reconnection, the reconnection with her family and why that happens and how that happens. And I know that I've already, you know, given my props to Michelle Yeoh, but I also want to give props to Kehu Kwan, who plays the husband in this show. He also was Data in the Goonies. He also was short round in, in Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. And he stepped away from Hollywood for a very long time because they're just, there's, you know, as in everything, there is not enough representation of Asian people. And that is perpetuated by Hollywood not casting Asian people. And he's a fantastic actor. He was so good in this film. And I'm so glad that he's back in Hollywood and being given his props. And Stephanie Su, who plays Joy, the daughter, the the reason, I mean, if you might be seeing her name a lot more in social media now because she is, she has been snubbed for a couple of, of big awards. It's a, it's a huge snub. If you watch the movie, you'll understand why it's such a calamitous thing. Uh, I mean, in, in a movie with Michelle Yeoh, she holds her own amazingly. It's, oh, I really love it. I, I'm not putting down anybody who either doesn't get it or is not interested in it. Everybody has their own thing. <laughs> I just think personally that it's one of the best movies of the year. And and I almost had the Dexter finale on my list. And, the, and because I totally agree it counts but then there were so many other things i wanted to mention that was the only reason i took it off but i do agree it's absolutely fantastic and yes i think dexter i think michael c hall is sexy as hell in this but (laughs) he's also a bad person and i love what they did with the finale because it really shows that he's not a hero he's a bad bad person yes. and that's why i loved the i'm finale. the bad guy <laughs> yes that's why i loved it and michael c hall would not come back if they hadn't done what they did that was part of the reason he came back so. yeah it was oh such a good ending yes yes and michael c hall mouth breathing and all is fantastic <laughs> And I still will never get over him saying, yes, mistress. So, uh, (laughs) (laughs) oh gosh, I had for my number two Abbott Elementary because it's just so wonderful. And I agree, Barbara slash Cheryl Lee Ralph, she's like, she's just the best. (laughs) She goes, oh, sweet baby Jesus and the grown one too. I cannot. Oh, I love I love her. Um, no, it's such such a sweet show, and it's funny. And Quinta Brunson is amazing. It's really good, and that was really like one of my most looked forward to panels when we went to San Diego Comic Con. It, it's just it, they seem like they're having fun together too, um, and you can tell in the show. Um, it's so good, so 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 good. My next number two is Our Flag Means Death. And I don't think that needs any explanation. Right? Mic drop. It's perfect. There's literally nothing wrong with this show. I love it. Action, adventure, romance, pirates, fancy outfits. It's got everything. So we'll just leave it at that. Uh, And then my last one um, is season three of the L word generation Q. It's like currently airing right now. And every episode is so 
good. I know I talk about this show way too much, but it's just so good. Um, and every episode this season, it, it just, I love it. I love it. It's getting better and better. I know. I'll, I'll stop talking about it. <laughs> She's, I'm going to say Aaron says yeah. it gets better and better. I'm going to stop talking about it. I know. I can't. <laughs> it's just good. Go go back and listen to our episode that Aaron and I did talking about mm-hmm. that show as well. Yeah. And then as part of our Pride Month, we will be talking about our flag means death as well. So, so, excited. so look for that. And Meg. Yes. Okay. My first number two is Heartstopper, which is just an adorable YA LGBTQ romance based on an equally adorable graphic novel series. The the mess that the fandom around it has become, I feel like, should not dissuade you from watching the show itself. The show itself is very sweet and very relatable and realistic, but I I can't, I feel like I can't mention it without talking about how terrible the fandom has recently been forcing one of the characters or one of the actors on that show to come out when they weren't ready to come out. And that's disgusting. Do not let that dissuade you from watching a very sweet and I think important YA queer romance story. And the books are lovely. My Both my kids love them. This show has been <laughs> playing in my house almost nonstop since it came out. But it's very cute. I love it. It's very, it's, I, I, I just, I think it's adorable and I love it. Um, my other one is a book again because I have been doing reading in my spare time to try and stop the brain rot. It's the Well Met series by Jen DeLuca, and there are currently three books in it. There's a fourth one coming out very soon. But if you like Ren Fairs and you like small towns and you like enemies to lovers or fake relationships or love triangles with two people. Any of that stuff. These are really, really cute, really, really fun books. It's a series, but it's not like you have to read them in order. It's basically these books take place in the same town. And they're a little interlocked, but you can also read them as standalones. They're just really fun. They're really sweet. I I don't know. I'm a sucker for Ren Fair. I bought the third book, not realizing it's the third book because the man in it always wears a kilt. And <laughs> a sucker for kill. I don't know what that has to do with with the Ren Fair necessarily, but that's okay. I don't care. No one does. He's a hot guy wearing a kilt. And what else do you need in life? But yeah. So that's the Well Met series by Jen DeLuca. They're really really fun. And the one I want to watch from, <laughs> from 2022 <laughs> uh, is she said. Because I want to get sad. (laughs) And mad. (laughs) (laughs) Sasha, yours. All right. My number two movie is going to be Bullet Train. It's five assassins on a bullet train in Japan. 
It's hysterical. It has random code names like Tangerine and Lemon. Um, I do believe Brad Pitt's character is Ladybug. It's just ridiculousness. It's a true joy. It's just fun and cheesy and requires very little thought. And then for my TV show, uh, Rings of Power, Lord of the Rings one, uh, and you're going to notice a theme with my top three TV shows. I want the Queen Regent's crown. So uh, this series is great. They're the relationship between the elf and the dwarf uh, I live for. I think it's fantastic. They fight like a married couple. Excellent. And the scenery and sets are just gorgeous. Costumes gorgeous. Everything about it is just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. No spoilers for Meg. It is gorgeous. Yeah, the yeah. sets, the scenery, the costumes, everything about it is just stunning. Okay, well, my number two is the first one is another true crime drama. Man, I watched a lot of these. Uh, <laughs> and this one is Candy, which is based on the true story of Candy Montgomery, who brutally murdered one of her neighbors who she was having an affair with her husband. And she brutally murdered her with an axe. This is a true story, of course. Uh, and so it's all about that, the events leading up to that and Candy's defense that, you know, that she was fighting. It was like a self-defense and that's why she had to kill her so many times with the axe that the axe was like, I think it was even broken. I mean, it's like, yeah, whatever. Uh, if you Google what actually happened to this woman it and where she is now, it will absolutely blow your mind. Um, yeah. And Jessica Beale is absolutely fantastic in this role, I want to say. And Melanie Linsky plays the victim. And she's really good, too. She's fantastic as well. And yay, can't wait for Yellow Jacket season two. <laughs> I'm so damn excited. And her husband is going to be in season two as well. Uh, so or season three because they've already renewed it for season three anyway and then a movie that i watched today and i talked about colin farrell's performance uh after yang this is a beautiful small very quiet movie uh if you don't like those like you probably might be bored i don't know it's only an hour and a half uh it's on showtime uh so uh, if you have showtime go watch it um and it is about, uh, they don't particularly say where this went, what time period this is set in, could be set in today, but there are certain things that are going on that are not today, so futuristic. And it's about, they refer to them as techno sapiens. So there are AI people that are basically found through what's titled the Brothers and Sisters program, like for the main family in here. Colin Farrell and Jody Turner Smith, who plays his wife, uh, they adopted a um, Chinese child. And so they, Yang, they got Yang to teach their daughter about her culture and her heritage. And then this is not a spoiler because it happens in the beginning. Yang breaks down and stops working. And they end up seeing these memories in Yang's mind. And it is talking all about race, but it's also talking about our connection to humanity and what memories mean and 
this is not a creepy AI movie, I want to say. That's what was so interesting. It is a creepy premise, but it's not creepy in the fact that you're not scared of Yang. Yang is this wonderful, sweet character. So you're never scared of that technology. And there's even, they also have clones in this and that's never treated as those people, those characters are creepy. And there's even a whole exchange between Colin Farrell's character and this other woman. I won't tell you she is because it's a spoiler. And, you know, he asks this woman, do you think Yang ever wants to be human? And she kind of laughs and says, why is it that humans always think everybody else, everything else would want to be a human being, every other living creature? And it's just an interesting thing to ponder. So I think it's a really beautiful, quiet movie. Um, the young girl who plays their daughter is fantastic as well. So great, great performances and very sweet. So I, I enjoyed that a lot. Very quiet movie. And then almost this was number one for a while. And then a couple of horror movies knocked it down to number two. Barbarian still has the best, best, best twist in it at that 30 minute mark. Absolutely fantastic. What an experience it was to watch this in a theater when that happened and having the theater gasp and then erupt in laughter at the next scene that happens. It's so well done. The Zach Krager is, he wrote this in like this quick time and didn't even necessarily, he wrote it around the whole first thing of like uh, a story of a woman who meets a man and there's all these red flags, red flag, red flag, red flag. And that was where he got the story to come from or came from originally. And then he kind of changed it around and added stuff. And this was a horror script that went to every, every major studio, including like Blumhouse, all these other ones. And nobody wanted to make this movie. And they're all kicking themselves <laughs> because this movie is so successful. And I love, I want to say, I love that people did not give away the twist in this fantastic internet. That's amazing. Amazing. So this is on HBO Max right now, and we did a whole special live stream, me and Susie, talking about this movie and how much we love it. So those are my twos. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We have made it, everyone. We're at number one. Yay. So let me see if any of the ones I had written down for Carla make it to number one. Because I feel like they, they have to. But here we go. Let's end the suspense. The first one that I know Aaron has probably noted and has moved up. Okay, she didn't say it number four, so I'm going to move it up a couple now. Is Barbarian. 
And the reason the barbarian is in my one of my one slots is that precisely all of those um I feel like like this has been a year of me liking things that upends a trope or that plays on something that is expected. And I, I really enjoy that because I feel like like I have a bit of, of entertainment fatigue. And I think that that comes from like how much stuff I've, I've consumed in the last couple of years. It's like, okay, I get it. All right. Okay. Show me something fresh. And this movie really shows me something fresh. I love the, the, the take on the there's not a lot i can say without giving away that twist that we want to protect so badly that is so worth protecting but all i'll really say is that the performances are outstanding by absolutely everybody the the twists are twisty and it is a movie that i think has a lot of surprises that are just very good it's it's just it's a great movie i've watched it already several times i had my sister watch it with me the other day and she was also very, she enjoyed very much that the things that she expected to happen did not happen, especially the way that she thought that they would. And that I think is a, is a really great thing to see in cinema today. The second movie that I will mention for my number ones, and that one that I just watched a couple of days ago, but instantly fell in love with, Black Phone. Black phone. <laughs> yes, Erin, you I were was right. right. Yes. For that position. <laughs> yes. Black phone is so good. Everything that Erin said about this movie, those children's performances, Ethan Hawke in this, in this film, so good. Absolutely heed the warnings about child abuse. It's, it's very difficult to watch through those scenes, but if you are able to get through them, this movie really like Aaron was saying, where you're you're not there to help the ghosts, the, the ghosts are there to help you. And there are supernatural elements, not just the ghosts. There are other supernatural elements. There is um, the question of why why did something that is mentioned about the killer or the bad guy why was it mentioned? What does it mean? It comes up towards the end of the movie again, and you're like, okay, but how does this tie into what is going on in the beginning? It leaves you with a lot of questions, but in a really good way where you're just like, oh, gosh, I really want more. And I know they're talking about a sequel. I hope that there isn't one. Not everything needs a sequel. Sometimes you just have to let a good thing be. And I think that this would be a movie that would be great as a standalone. I really, there's one thing that I can picture in my mind where it could go to a sequel that I really would rather not have happen. But the, the, the relationship between the, the two um, main kids, their brother and sister is so sweet and so beautiful. And the little girl, uh, th they actually held up the filming of the movie so that the little girl could become free of her, of her contract with another um, commitment because they liked her so much. When you watch the movie, you'll see why she's absolutely perfect for the for this role. She nails it. It's just I, I can't describe how good it is. You have to watch it and just enjoy it and take my word for it. And my number one top thing of 2022 that absolutely everybody who has spoken to me 
since March of this year will know is our flag means death. And it has been touched upon. I will expand on it because, ah, why not? Our flag means death means a lot to me. It means acceptance and open embracing of characters who are not simply white and straight and male. There are, there are, this cast is fantastic. The chemistry between everybody is so good. The, you just, you don't stop laughing beginning to end, but there are so many bittersweet moments, so many heartbreaking moments, so many moments of realization. And, um, it's, it's a coming of age story for 40 somethings because the two main characters, which is so funny because, uh, they purposely, um, David Jenkins, who created the show, Purposely, uh, um, he and Taika Waititi, who directs a lot of it, who plays Blackbeard, did not do a lot of research on pirates and on Blackbeard and on Steed Bonnet so that they could just, you know, let their imagination take flight. So it's like not even loosely based on their, on their history. It's like barely based on anything. And it works perfectly because you can have these characters who are supposed to be in their early twenties played by these 40 something men falling in love and going on these great adventures so it's like i said coming of age tale for (laughs) for the middle-aged crowd and it has it has so much heart so much humor so many oranges there's something in it for everybody except for children (laughs) you probably should not be watching this with children and that's mostly because of the murdery language part. The rest is fine. It's one of the finest pieces of on-screen art that I have seen in many years. And I will not ever shut up about how much I love this. You know, I, I, I don't know what season two will bring. I am trying to go into it with not very high expectations because you never know. Sophomore seasons are notoriously tricky. But if, even if season two was a complete crap hole, I would pretend it doesn't exist and only focus on season one because it is incredibly validating that they very, they were, they were very, they were very purposeful in not queer baiting. They wanted to make something where it's like, you're seeing these things happen and they're happening. We're not just stringing you along so that you'll keep watching these are real things we're we're going to make it canon it it makes you feel safe as a viewer especially when you're not straight and you've been queer baited by so many other things in entertainment i got two of your number ones right and then i knew what the third one would be because you hadn't mentioned it yet and i know just because we've talked about a barbarian at at length and and yeah I, i We'll say, sorry, just alluding a little bit to what, what Carla didn't want to spoil. Is there something that they do not show in this movie that a lot of lesser movies would show? And so hats off to to a man doing that, frankly. Oh, yes. A white man at that. Yeah, so. right? <laughs> um, okay. And and the director has liked many of our tweets and one of the producers follows us. So sorry. I just don't like to brag about that. Hey! Oh, and hi. so does the studio. One of the if you want Erin to interview, you just say the word. She's a fantastic <laughs> interviewer. Check out all of her previous interviews, particularly with Josh Rubin and 
Sarah Lind, whose name I totally knew off the top of my head. Yes, I too was interviewed. And Carla too. Carla was my guinea pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very first movie. So, Aaron, what is number one on your list? Oh, my number one. Okay. Um, I'm so glad that we get three. Uh, I have to go with Wednesday because it's so fun. It's like the thing that we needed after this like very long year. And it it's just, it's really great. Jenna Ortega is great. Everybody in it is really wonderful. It's got a lot of heart and it's cute. And I love all of the little kind of throwbacks to the original series and the movies, the fancy dancing. <laughs> Yeah, I love it. It's super fun, and I'm probably going to watch it at least one more time before the next season. Hopefully, my other two are my like my happy place of like sci-fi and Paper Girls uh, is on Amazon Prime, and I just love it so so much. It's so great. Whenever I heard they were making a series out of the comic books, I was so excited uh, because they're just so good. And I highly recommend reading those. You can get like this beautiful, like collected all of the volumes in this really nice little like hardback um, collection. But it's so good. Like every single one of these actresses in it are so great. It's It's funny and it's very touching and this cute like coming of age story of all these girls in the middle of time travel and it's it's so so good and then my last one is going to be uh the most recent season three of for all mankind because that is again one of like the best sci-fi shows out there right now the, the season one kind of diverged at like the space race right and the soviets get to the moon first and so it's kind of like the 70s is season one the 80s is season two and season three is they're on freaking mars in the 90s it's like so cool but there's so much drama too um so like sci-fi drama is like my favorite thing and pretty much anything that ronald d moore does i will watch over and over and over again it's so good so um yeah i've definitely watched that twice already this year very very good awesome and it's very sad that paper girls was not renewed for a second season i don't know if you knew I that i love Aaron, it so much i'm gonna watch it again anyway. uh, yeah and go listen to our interview with uh the cast so yes i was very and they those three girls are they are so sweet oh my gosh <laughs> they're, they're so, so those actresses are so sweet so sweet so yeah so go listen to that yep Okay, and Meg. Okay, so my I have two number ones, and that's it. Uh, my number one is I'm going to concur with our flag means death. It was just everything about it was perfect. I just I I don't I, I don't know how to expound anymore on what Carla was talking about. Other than it was just I though I will say my kid did watch it with me. Um, after I'd watch it, but my kid's 14. So <laughs> the 10 year old hasn't seen anything of it yet. Um, but it's just, it's, it's funny and it, and it hits you in your feels and 
there is something to be said about feeling safe about about being validated in your viewing of what a story is telling you and not being told that that you're crazy for seeing what's there as far as shipping and stuff like that i love how it doesn't take itself super seriously I, like there are crocs in this show and just no one cares um i think it's amazing that they have a non-binary character who played by a non-binary actor and it's not a thing it's a quick explanation and then everyone just accepts it and i love how silly it is and yet how it can rip your heart out <laughs> like it's it's beautiful it's wonderful uh i mentioned before reese darby is fantastic as Steve Bonnet, Taika Waititi is mm, chef's kiss. I, I I just love him. I love this show. This show is my is my happy place. I think I've watched this show more times than I've watched most other shows in a really, really long time. And my other number one, which you're going to be so excited to hear, <laughs> Dungeons and Daddy Season 2 is a podcast. <laughs> Season two of Dungeons and Daddies came out and it follows the teenage grandchildren of the characters of the first season as they try and fix the world that their parents and grandparents messed up. And it's just fantastic. If you like D&D podcasts and aren't a big stickler for rules of D&D, then you should definitely listen to it. If you don't like D&D, you should still listen to it because it's really not D&D. It's D&D is kind of a mechanism for storytelling within this podcast. And it's serialized. It's fantastic. I love it so much. And those are my number ones of the year. And the thing I want to watch, number one from this year that I haven't gotten around to yet, (laughs) is Glass Onion, because I love me some Dives Out. That movie was fantastic. I It was... It was such a wonderful whodunit, and it felt like such a classic whodunit kind of movie. Such a, yeah, I got classic is the only word I can think of right now because I am so cold, you guys. I am wrapped in blankets. I am wearing a hat, but it, it just, it was such a great mystery, and I love it. I'm so excited to see Glass Onion, but it came out today, right? So um, yeah, at least I have an excuse to have not seen it yet because today (laughs) yeah but that's it that's what i got and i had meg correct too for her number for number one for dungeons and daddies yes i knew it was gonna be that yep so i was wait did you have a third no no because i wasn't sure but i knew those two would be number one (laughs) but yes okay we are almost there so sasha Yes. So my movie number one is RRR, which I have mentioned before. Um, it is a, uh, Indian movie set in 1920s during India's revolution from British rule. Can you tell I'm reading from the, the thing? It's <laughs> not just exciting speaking. It's wait for it it's going to get so much better are you ready a young tribal girl is taken for the british governor and his wife because of her singing prowess wow sasha (laughs) a member of the tribe goes hunting for her to return her uh accidentally he becomes friends with the indian cop who is hunting him down for the british army 
Mm. So that's the summary. Uh, it is song. It is dance. It is story. It has explosions and it's amazing. It is subtitled because obviously it's India. Uh, but I highly, highly recommend RRR. It's just, it's a beautiful story. It's a lot of fun. So that's my movie. And then my TV show is Wednesday because nostalgia. Like, how can you not? It's, it's the Adams family. It's got all of these cool little throwbacks. It's got fun new stuff, the dance. And I want her dress. So there's my theme for all of my TV. I want their clothes. That's all I got. Well, for my number ones, um, I will start with Pearl, which is the prequel to X, which I already spoke about Mia Goth's fantastic performance in this movie. It's all about Pearl. This is set in 1918. And Pearl lives on a farm in Texas and is helping her mother raise um raise <laughs> not raise sorry <laughs> raise her father no take care of her father who was injured in the war and um also take care of the farm and pearl just wants to be a movie star and she will do anything to try and get what she wants including murder so <laughs> it's, it's a horror film but it's murder. really really well done and and I want to say, I, I really love, love seeing women being allowed to be so complicated and to be villains and to do awful, horrible things, but you still enjoy watching them. So I just, I think it's great. And I cannot wait to see, there's going to be a third one called Maxine, which is going to be the sequel to X, which is going to follow Mia Goth's other character from X, Maxine. As she goes to Hollywood to pursue her dreams, because she also had dreams of being a star. So I have a feeling it'll have a lot to do with the porn industry because it's Maxine with three X's. So, <laughs> but I like the way they handle the porn industry a lot in, in X. So I am looking forward to that one. Hopefully it comes out in 2023. And then next is another, another Colin Farrell performance. And I am supposed to be going to Ireland next year. And this made me want to go to Ireland even more. And I know Colin Farrell will be there to greet me and give me a tour. And that is <laughs> The Banshees of Inna Sharon, which is now on HBO Max. Um, and feckin is one of the best words in the whole entire universe. <laughs> so said a lot in this movie and this is about these two friends who were best friends and one of them played by Brendan Gleeson who's also absolutely fantastic says to their friend played by Colin Farrell that he doesn't want to be friends with him anymore and after a while says if you don't stop talking to me I'm going to start cutting off my fingers um, to stop you from talking to me but that is such a small small part of this movie I want to say it's such a tiny part of it okay my mom watched this movie more than once and my mom cannot do horror so that should tell you something my mom is also loves Colin Farrell as much as I do she was just texting me earlier to recommend this movie but, and she's like oh wait no we saw that together <laughs> but she's like because it's got my man Colin <laughs> <laughs> so he's a favorite of the family. Um feel <laughs> better watch out. <laughs> uh but yes, I think it's it's really, really good and um quiet and also just an interesting, I think also 
story about men and men handling um, because there's it's the backdrop is there is a war going on, not where they are, but it's going on on the mainland. And you hear every once in a while some of those. So to me, it's a lot about man and war and male friendships and those relationships as well. And I just, I, I absolutely love it. If you want a spoiler for something that happens that some people can't watch, which I don't always spoil this because I don't like to spoil a lot of things, but I know Sasha was upset this wasn't spoiled for her because, so if you want to know if you're an animal lover, <laughs> I will let you know <laughs> what happens to a certain animal in this to i had to piece out of the movie this is the movie where there's like 30 minutes left and i was like nope i'm done i don't care how it ends i don't give a shit i'm over the movie done i left it (laughs) and that absolutely broke my heart um but there is a great uh there's a great tiktok and i've shared it and it's beautiful because i because Colin Farrell is such an emotional person, but he's talking about a piece of music that he listened to to get into character, and he plays the piece of music for him and um, Jamie Lee Curtis. They're interviewing each other. It's actors on actors for Vanity Fair, and they both start crying, and it's 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 really beautiful. And then there's another piece where he talks about how the donkey in the movie had a support donkey, <laughs> so he talks about the support. Do- it's really sweet. I loved it so. Yes, so I recommend that one. Um, and then finally, my my number one movie, because I cannot stop thinking about this movie, even though I don't know, think this will be a movie that I can watch over and over again. And that is, if you haven't guessed already, it's Bones and All, the cannibal love story of our time. Um, it's so much more than that, though. So. <laughs> I mean, when they do show the cannibalism, though, I do want to stress it's very graphic, the bits oh they do God. show. And the audio is very graphic. This movie, you know, a lot of people who have seen this movie who feel like outsiders for lots of different reasons have really fallen in love with this movie because of that. Because this is so much, what this really is about is about people who are outsiders. They're born cannibals. It's not like, you know, they're just born that way. And they feel like outsiders in society. This takes place in the 80s. And they find each other. These two two of them. It's a love story between Timothy Chalamet's character and Taylor Russell's character. Taylor Russell's character is really the main character. And having that being embraced and having them fall in love with each other and struggling with the morality of eating people. I mean, you know, I mean, that's like. But there's more to it than that. I don't want to say too much about it. But I will say, though, this is a very, very intense film, I think. Uh, I think it can be very hard to sit through some parts of it. There is one scene where they meet up with two other eaters, is how they're referred to in the film. And when it was over, I was like, that is one of the creepiest scenes I have seen all year long. Um, and you let out kind of a breath, but it's just, it's really well done. The performances are great. I already shouted out Taylor Russell, but Timothy Chalamet is also absolutely fantastic in this movie too. And I think they have great chemistry. So that is my number one film and horror film. Cause I do consider this a horror film of the year. Okay. Well, we did it everybody. No it, it's not as long for the. Yay, <laughs> <open up> yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so thank you for, for hanging in with me, my panelists. So we're going to go around and have everybody say where they can be found and their podcast can be found. Carla. Meg and I have a podcast, Bad Wet or Behead, which you can find wherever you get your podcasts. You can also follow us on Twitter for now at Bad Wet Behead Pod, on Instagram at bed.wet.behead.pod. We have a website, bedwedorbehead.com. And you can find me and just my art and my musings and stuff on Twitter for now at Mexicarly and where else? Um, Hive, same username, post, same username. Uh, look me up on Discord. If you want to find me a Mastodon, feel free to. I keep forgetting that it exists. <laughs> Instagram, Carla Temis, And my website, CarlaTemis.com. C-A-R-L-A-T-E-M-I-S.com. Yeah, I keep forgetting to join Mastodon. So <laughs> that's where I am. I've got to join that. So, Aaron, I have one social medias. I am uh, mostly on Instagram. And I keep forgetting that Twitter exists. So, but I am at Geek and So on everything. That's what I do. I geek and I sew things. Well, Twitter is hurting into a hellfire. So, <laughs> great. Our episode on it is very popular, though. <laughs> yeah, so, come nice. listen to that. I was like, it's like boom, 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 boom. I shouldn't be surprised by that. <laughs> and Meg, uh, yeah, I'm a if I'm on all the social media if, at Wisconsin W I S C O N S E N N A C H. And if you search for me on a social media and you don't find me there, then I'm just not there. So whatever. I'm on all of it. It's the same username. I'm too old to try and keep track of different names. <laughs> That's it. I got nothing. <laughs> and Sasha. Yep. You can find me on the Instagram. Oh, I'm tired. What is my username? Vegan, vegan, vegan. Chick. So glad everybody else knows where to find me. Um, you can also find my rabid wiener on there, meaning my dog. Um, he hasn't really updated lately, but um, if you find me, you can find the rabid wiener. Um, that's all I got. <laughs> Thank you, Sasha. Uh, this is Aaron for now, but probably not for too much longer you can follow me on twitter at e april beauty the e and the a and the b are capitalized be sure to like the show on facebook at facebook.com slash it's a fandom thing pod on twitter for now at fandom thing pod no it's in that one i'm surprised they haven't banned us for our twitter episode <laughs> they probably just haven't listened um <laughs> uh you can follow us on instagram at it's a fandom thing pod on tiktok at it's a fandom thing pod uh, we are on Hive, but I, once again, I'm trying to learn it. I've made two posts, too. But we're on there at Fandom Thing Pod. No, it's in that one. And we do have a Discord channel that, you know, someday we'll do something with. <laughs> it's a fandom thing. I don't know the numbers, but we're we're on there. You can find us on there. Carla is just laughing at me. Uh, <laughs> if you have any feedback, show notes, if you'd like to be a potential interview guest on the show, if you'd like to talk about when you're going to um, show my sister and I around Ireland, Colin, feel free to reach out to us via our website. It's a fandom thing pod.com. Hit the contact us button there. That'll shoot us an email. We are looking to schedule interviews for the new year. Uh, and then 
guess what, everybody? Next week, we are kicking off the change of our podcast and also a very special return. So first, once again, reminding you of what the changes, we are still doing two episodes, but our Wednesday episodes will be what we're, we are into and also any pop culture news or fandom news that we want to talk about um, or anything we're excited about in that area as well. Those will be shorter episodes and those will feature the same panel that will be on our Friday episode, which is our main event, which next week it is the kickoff of our second annual Christian effing bail month. Yes. <laughs> we will be back to talk about our unofficial mascot who we adore and love. And I am so flippin' excited. I can't even mean to tell you. I'm already bombarding Carla with Christian Bale content. Pretty soon she'll be like, leave me alone. I don't want to see this new TikTok. I don't care. <laughs> I could this, never. Carla. I could never because Christian would just sit there and stare at me and be like, I can't believe you're so tired of me already. I've only been living in your house for two years. A preview. A preview of Christian. I can't wait to see Christian again. Uh, quote unquote Christian. That is Carla. Um, <laughs> so just to let you know really quickly, uh, we're kicking it off with Empire of the Sun. Uh, that'll also be a live stream on New Year's Day. Uh, I don't know the time. I'm not positive on the time yet, but stay tuned to our socials to see that. And then the next Friday, and these are all going to be live streams too. We don't know all the dates yet on those though. Uh, the next Friday, we are going to be talking about Newsies. I know, Christian, I know, but we are going to talk about it. And then we're going to talk about The Big Short and then Vice. And then we are going to be doing special coverage of The Pale Blue Eye at some point. Haven't decided yet when that will be. You need to talk with Carla about that. And then on January 29th, which I realize I want to apologize, Christian. I know I keep saying January 29th is your Evan, birthday. I know Evan, it's January 30th. Evan, it is okay. This is a holiday time. And I am in a very forgiving mood. You know that I value you and I cherish you. So as long as you celebrate it in your heart correctly on the correct day, I shall know and all is right with the world. Oh, I love you, Christian. Uh, <laughs> I love that so much. Uh, but yes, so on January 29th, the day before Christian's birthday, we will be doing Christian effing Bale birthday trivia. So that'll be a uh, live stream as well. So thank you so much, everybody who's listened to any episodes this year, DM'd us, anything like that. I really, really appreciate it so much. And thank you to my panelists for sticking with us today. And my panelists overall, thank you for continuing to be a part of my dream. Thank you. Love you all. And happy new year. And until next time, remember, it's a fandom thing. Black Lives Matter, and Stop Asian Hate. Okay, well, Aaron A., what are your three and nines? <laughs> oh, my gosh, Carla. Think. See, that was because I was looking <laughs> at her. I'm looking at the way is. the boxes are. Sorry. You know what, Aaron? Aaron, let's, let's just mix it, it up. Just pick the Achilles. <laughs> no, I can't handle that. I can't. I'll panic. Okay, sorry. Sasha's like, yeah, maybe I can go first for once. <laughs> I did something on my notes and I erased all of my number six. So I'm trying to figure out my number six. Is, so <laughs> sorry if I was really distracted while you were talking, but I'm like, oh.
Wow, Erin. Okay. <laughs> so, uh, yes. Yeah, so I'm trying, but I'm like, what? If, what's on my list that I noted out here that's not on here? And I'm like, that's there. That's there. That's there. Sorry, everyone. I was just like, oh shit. Was it also the the season finale of the Cleaning Lady season two? Sure. I haven't seen. Season <laughs> sure, that's what it was. It wasn't really on my top 10 until about five minutes ago, but I'm trying to piece together. I accidentally deleted stuff and my brain just totally left. So I know later I'm going to totally be kicking myself when all of a sudden the ones that I really loved are like all the, sorry, everyone. Now I know what happened. Hey, oh no, I know what happened. People, things did not get deleted. It was, things got moved around. So this was not on, so never mind. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to go back to what I was going to have on here. It's a roller coaster then... of emotion. It's all out and then the random spot where I think so. You would say, sorry, Carla, I wasn't paying attention to what you were saying. <laughs> we'll just randomly be in the edit with no explanation. It's just like, damn, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really care about that. No. Um, two youngins who are, uh, they are. They're, 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 hang on. Let me back it up because I just forgot what the whole plot of the movie was. Of it. <laughs> Two youths. Two, Two youths. youths. <laughs> okay. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.